Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. The Purdy's have served this valley for decades because they've been able to find the best insurance at the right price for their customers. And they are the insurance experts. Auto insurance, got you covered. Business, got you covered. Home, got you covered. Life insurance, got you covered. You have any question, they will get back to you right away. I wonder if their flood insurance has gone up. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure that they, they have the ability to make sure that they find the best price on that as well. I have no doubt. These are the professionals. I mean, you know I like to deal with pros, pros. Purdy Insurance falls into that category. Market Street in Sunbury, go to purdyinsurance.com. And, speaking of the pros, pros, our good friends at Sunbury Motors. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. First went to bed last night with the Yankees winning 4-1. to one. I stayed up, and it was well worth it as a Red Sox fan. Here's our play-by-play call of the day, we think. Hold on. <laughs> For some reason... A moment of drama. More tech, more technical difficulties. Hold on one second. Sorry. That's okay. That's all right. It'll be well right. worth it. Here we go. Swung on and a bouncer toward the right center field area. That's throw. Here comes Renda. He scores. And Andrew Benintendi sends us home. A walk-off winner tonight at Fenway. And the Red Sox are nine and a half up on the Yankees. Tim Neverett with the call on the Red Sox radio network. Uh, happy for Tim. Tim and I communicated a few times last week uh, because Tim's dad had passed away. And Tim did not do the Philly series. Uh, and he came back for the Yankee series. And, you know, and I'm not going to get into, you know, what we, you know, a few things we talked about. But, you know, obviously when, when you lose a parent, it's not easy at any age. So. Happy for Tim. That was a great moment last night. And a great call by him as the Red Sox scored three in the ninth to tie and then win it in the tenth inning to beat the Yankees. And, yes, as Tim said, now lead by nine and a half, nine and a half. in the division. Yankee fans, I, I, I listened to a New York City station, and uh, being a, the homer that I am for New York City, and they are jumping off the bridges. <laughs> Yankee fans are not happy. Well, well, they'll get Sanchez back, and they'll get Aaron Judge back, and they'll get him back. Uh, they just didn't have him back this week, and every kind of—I think they were hoping Mary, maybe Aaron Judge could be, but that's that injury takes longer than people realize. For the Red Sox, they don't have the race Chris Sale, for example. But when you have a nine and a half game lead, and you're what forty-five games over five hundred? Yeah, it's insane. Which is ridiculous. He was supposed to pitch on Wednesday against Toronto. They're like, nah, we'll hold him back another start. Yeah, you well, can aff- you can afford to do that. Absolutely. And picture this for a second. The Baltimore Orioles right now stand 44 and a half games back. Now, I don't know what the record is, but it's possible that they can be a 60 they can be 60 games back by the end of the year. <laughs> that's amazing. That's like I don't know what the record is, but that's got to be close. 
I mean, that's that's amazing to be that far out. Now, I mean, obviously the Mets were what forty and one twenty. Yeah, they in lost 1962. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, let me let me let me look that up while you talk. I was going to say forty and one twenty in nineteen sixty two. The Mets were so, and that would that would put them how far? I think the Dodgers won it in sixty two. Uh, so how far back would that put the Mets? Let me see here. I mean, they they had to have been possibly fifty five, sixty games out of first. They were exactly 60 and a half. There was 60 and a half games out behind the San Francisco Giants. Oh, the Giants. That's right. The Giants. Well, that was the year the uh, that that Bobby Richardson snagged the line drive of off the bat of Willie McCovey, which clinched it, where it looked like it was going to be a rocket right into right field to win it for the Giants, and Bobby Richardson caught it in 1962. Yeah, 40 and 120. That is putrid. See, I got the record right at least. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, that's it stands as the worst record ever, still to this day. So, I mean, um, yeah, that's wow. Games like sixty and a half games back. That's oof. So, I mean, I don't know if that's the record. I, I'm, you know, I could look that up while we're chatting here, but yeah, no, the are forty-four and a half back. Any team that's forty and one twenty has got to have the record. I don't think there's any need to look it up any further than that because I think that's. <laughs> As bad as it gets, um, but but the Phillies are playing great. We talked about that. Cabrera has been a nice addition. Ramos is going to be a really nice addition. Once you see him, you're really going to like him as a Phillies fan. I mean, he makes them better defensively behind the plate, and he puts more pop into the lineup. I mean, you know, exactly how many uh, two ninety seven hitters with fourteen home runs do the Phillies have? They don't. Okay, they don't have those kind of guys. In the lineup. So. Again, as a Mets fan, I covet Wilson Ramos, and it's, he's a great pickup. That's a great pickup for the Phillies. I think it's a great pickup. And uh, so I, I, it doesn't matter if it's Labor Day. It does not matter if it's Labor Day. It doesn't matter. You still have 30 games left plus the postseason. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, like I said, the Cubs will then get Chris Bryant back. That's almost that, like a trade, right? That's the biggest single pickup that you're going to get. The Phillies will get Wilson Ramos. The, the Yankees are going to get Aaron Judge back and Gary Sanchez. That's sixty and, runs right there. <laughs> and Gary Sanchez will come back. All right, um, so they'll get those guys back. The Red Sox will get back Chris Sale. <laughs> Rested. <Huh. laughs> That's not a big deal. Sale, sales, ER, sales ERA since June 1st is 0. 0.69. Yeah, he's... Yeah, for the season, he's... Uh, I think he's like 2.09 or something. Yeah. I mean, so, so the, even the big teams are getting big names back, and Houston gets Jose Altuve back. Yeah, and they'll have a closer too because Asuna just came off the uh, DL. I mean, not the DL, the I, suspended I, list. I would not have made that trade. I don't understand why they made that trade. Yeah, some people are saying they traded. Yeah, somebody goes, "What did they give up?" And a lot of people say integrity. They gave up integrity for that. So, and it, it's interesting about the Astros because they have built so much around integrity. Right. They right. built. They built a lot around it. They sure did. And wow. Um, 
I have, I have an update. There have been worse game backs, <laughs> games back than 60 and a half. Okay. The Philadelphia Phillies actually have one of them in 1942. They were 62 and a half games back. Uh, they were 42 and 109. So I'm, I can't What I year? 1942. Oh, but the worst one ever was the 1909 Boston Doves in the National League. They were 45 and 108. They were 65 and a half games back. Hmm. That makes you wake up and think you don't have a chance. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think we the have the a 19, chance there. The 1942 Phillies, who did they fall out? The St. Louis Cardinals were won 106 games that year. So, Yeah. That's how you lose. That's how you 62 and a half games back. That's how it goes. Wow. Um, not good. <laughs> not, not a good statistic to carry around with you. I mean, not, I'm kind of glad as a Mets fan that we don't have the worst games back, right? I mean, we have the most losses ever, but. Uh, uh, not good. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really... Like, what do you watch? Like, at this point, like, I'm a Mets fan, and I still, I don't watch every game anymore. I stopped watching on TV. But I listen to, I listen to at least one or two innings on the radio every night. Every night mm-hmm. I listen to it. It's, I mean, even the 25 to 4 night, I watch, <laughs> I watch, I listen to, like, Why? three or four. Of the, I, just because I, I, I hate myself. That's, that's pretty much what it comes down to. I really don't like myself at all, Mr. Jones. I, I, it's really a problem that I've been seeking help with. But the truth of the matter is, the funniest stat from that game is that the Washington Nationals had 26 hits and Jose Reyes has 27 for the year. <laughs> well, Reyes gave up six of them. <laughs> he gave up six. <clears throat> it's tough being a Mets fan. Phillies fans must be loving this because it's tough. Oh, it's tough, all right. <laughs> uh, it is... Uh... You actually listen to a 25. You know what's the bothersome part about the 25 to 4 thing? Is the Mets rallied for three in the ninth to get it there. <laughs> yeah, I only listened to the first two innings, honestly. After Mats, Mats got shelled for seven in the first inning, and I was like, well, this will be over soon. I wanted to see how they responded in the top half of the second because they were in Washington, and they didn't, of course, because the Mets can't hit, um, evidenced by Jacob deGrom's five wins with a 1.85 ERA. So That's kind of um, low. So that's exactly... Um, so I, I knew that they weren't going to come back after that, and I stopped listening. But, of course, I get updates on my phone, and it was just constant. <laughs> it was bad. But I th- Well, I thought the Washington Nationals would run. I thought they would run and hide after this. I thought they were going to take off. I thought that was a jumping point for them. And they've still been mediocre. I mean, they've won a few games, but they haven't done what I thought they were going to do, so... Who knows? They are who they they are who they are. Uh, okay, college football now. Thirteen North Carolina football players, including quarterback Chaz Shirt, have been suspended for at least one game this season after caught selling school issued special edition Nike Jordan shoes, mm. which is a secondary NCAA violation. North Carolina self reported the violation in January. Among those suspended for four games are Surratt. Defensive end uh, Malik Carney, offensive lineman Brian Anderson, wide receiver Bo Corliss, defensive end Toman Fox, defensive end Tyrone Hopper, offensive lineman Kieran Johnson, linebacker Malik Robinson, and offensive lineman Jordan Tucker. Defensive backs Greg Ross, Trey Shaw will miss two games. 
Backup quarterback Jack Davidson and offensive lineman uh, Jonah Melton will miss one game. Since multiple players share the same position, the NCAA approved a request to stagger certain suspensions. For example, Carney, a defensive end, is going to sit out games against East Carolina, Central Florida, Pitt, and Virginia Tech, while Fox, who's also a defensive end, will miss Miami, Syracuse, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Surratt's suspension changes the dynamic of the quarterback competition this year. Uh, Nathan Elliott is the other guy, and it should be Elliott's job when they open the season against Cal September 1st. Surratt, though, did start seven of North Carolina's first nine games last season while Elliott started the final three. Remember something about the, the selling of the shoes here. Like, well, you know, these kids need money. They're selling their shoes just like the Ohio State guys sold their some of their memorabilia, like the gold pants and so forth. Remember, the schools belong. The shoes belong to the school. Those aren't their shoes. They wear them, but they aren't their shoes. They didn't buy them. All right. So remember that. They may wear them, but they. They don't belong to the players. They don't belong to them. Okay, so this is a football program. Mm-hmm. For what school again? North Carolina. Uh, well, I guess that's not one of the big ones. But, see, I this this whole thing about college players always frustrates me because I'm one of those people that thinks they should be paid. In, in a, I'm a strong advocate for that because I believe that the NCAA makes way too much money on the backs of these players. And these are defensive linemen and offensive linemen who probably – will be changed forever physically and have no chance at making the NFL. So I would sell the shoes too. <laughs> like, and I understand yep, what you're saying. Yeah, but they aren't your shoes. But they're not going to be used for no, anything and... else. What do you mean I got to use them for anything else? Well, if if they give me shoes, like they go, hey, Chris, here are shoes. You know, you're going to wear them. Yeah, right. They're going to wear them. But I mean, the cleats, what are you going to use cleats for? You sell, you sell them to someone who wants them. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't but they, know. But I don't they, know what the but market they don't, is. But but they don't belong to the players. Okay, they, you know, it's not like Odell Beckham, for example, where he has a shoe deal with somebody and he wears their shoes. They're his shoes. All right, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, but I mean, they're okay. given. But I mean, okay. they're given to the, them. though. they're like a gift. They're given to them to play for the yeah, team. Yeah, but you also wear a jersey too. Is that your jersey? Yes. You're, it's no, got, it's not. It's got my name on it. It's my jersey. No, it does. <laughs> Yeah, but when you're done, they take the plate off and they put another nameplate on it. Okay, well, I didn't know that. I mean, that's that's a different story altogether. Then, I mean, you're you're absolutely right there. Then, I, I don't know the I don't know the process, but I, I'm sure they're not taking shoes and giving them Wait, to somebody else. <laughs> is it is it is it your helmet? No, in that case. But I'm again, like I said, I'm sure they're not giving shoes to someone else. I can't imagine that not, they're recycling shoes. Yeah, yeah, but it's not their. But it's it's still not their property. They may be wearing it, but it's not their property. Yeah, you I don't this, sell. You don't sell someone else's property. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I think this one's a little different, and, and I think I agree with you. I think that's a little different than things that I've mentioned in the past, like guys, right. you know, selling their autograph or whatever that kind of thing. So yeah, now I'm completely for likeness. Completely for likeness. Like, if if you want to do a car dealership ad, go ahead. Group of offensive linemen want to sit, go there and do an ad for a steakhouse. Go ahead. Right. You know, you want to be able to you want to be able to sell your autograph at a at a, at a signing show. Go ahead. 
I'm all for that. And guess what? It doesn't cost the university a dime for you to do any of that. Right. As a matter of fact, it probably promotes them more. Exactly. It, I have no issue with that at all. That I agree with you, Chris. That's what they should be doing. But when it comes to this, like, for example, um, the Ohio State pants, uh, those are gold pants given to them for beating Michigan. So that is actually given to them, and that is their property. Okay? Okay. Okay. And that's why I was like, yeah, so what? That's their, that's their stuff. I mean, I, I, you have to understand whose stuff is what. Cleats are just like helmets. Now, I know the helmets get get reused and recycled. I got that. But they get new stuff all the They get new stuff every year. Right. Right? But you're not supposed to keep it. It's not yours. Yeah. That makes sense. And, for, and I'll give you an example. Do players get their jersey? Yes, they get their jersey. Right? Because most people, when it gets to be senior day, on senior day, they get their jersey. Now, or at the se- or at the senior banquet, they put the jersey under glass. A lot of schools do that. Penn State does that. Okay, yeah. So you do get to, but but there's also rules regarding monetary value and what you can give them. And a player does have a choice as to whether they want the jersey or something else. Most most want the jersey. But for example, you're an underclassman uh, and you're playing, and Chris, your number is number forty four. Okay. And you're uh, a sophomore. Well, you're going to wear 44 next year, so that's not your jersey. It hangs in the locker room the entire time. It's not yours. It's the school's. Right. And how many times do you see guys change numbers? No, that doesn't happen often. Oh, God, it happens all the time. Oh, no, that's Uh, in college. uh, I guess it does, yeah. Oh, it happens all the time. Uh, Believe me. Like, okay, you're not – okay. You're number one. Play by play guy. You're like, wait, you were like this number last week. <laughs> oh, I remember. Matt Gaudio in basketball had four numbers at Penn State. Ugh. Four. Now, obviously, it's Gaudio. Gaudio walks out and goes, oh, it's Gaudio. <laughs> okay. You know, right, I right, can't right. know what he looks like. Some guys Doesn't matter. Right. Um, God, I'm trying to remember which safety here at Penn State had three numbers. It three. Now, part of it is, too, when you're coming up, if you have a duplicate with somebody else, right, and all of a sudden you both end up in the same special team, even though you're a freshman, you do have to change numbers. Because remember, they're duplicates, too. Right. So, I mean, just the shoes are just like anything else here, right? They have zero to do with it. They don't own it. They may use it, they may wear it, but they don't own it. It's not their stuff. It's the school stuff. Did they get fined? Or do they have to pay the money back? No, they do being suspended. Now whether suspended. they have to pay the money whether they have to pay the money back, I don't know. The article doesn't say that's a good question. So that's that's interesting that. to me because then it leads to another thing, like is the sacrifice worth worth the risk? You know, if I'm a player that has no chance of being a, a star, like who's gonna make the NFL or something and I made $1,000 off these pair of shoes. I just made up a number. I don't know who would pay $1,000 for a pair of shoes. But and but I just have to miss a game or whatever and have my name in the paper for doing something stupid like that. So be it. <laughs> like, it's worth it. Yeah but, yeah, but see, I think that this now affects your ability to be hired by an employer. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you can easily explain it. I mean, I, I would buy it. Like, if I was a business owner and this person looked like a good candidate on every other front... You know, I'm just, but remember now, what what are what are what are business people doing now? They're looking at Twitter, 
They're looking at Instagram. Right. They're looking at Facebook. Right. I mean, they're looking at everything when they hire somebody these days. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of these guys, missing four games, that's a big deal to them. That's one-third of the season. Well, yeah, four games is a lot. But those yeah, guys who yeah. only miss one, that's what I'm thinking of. Well, there's only two that fall into that category. Oh. And one of them's one of them's a backup quarterback who wasn't going to play anyway. Right. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy serving this valley for decades. Look, you're going to be serving a valley for decades. When you're that good, believe me, if you're not doing a good job, you eventually are gone. Purdy Insurance is thriving. Why? Because you come first. I can tell you right now, they understand the ability to put the customer first at all times. You need information, they'll take care of it. They uh, they do great work at Purdy, and a wide range of insurance interests: life, home, auto, business, whatever it may be. Purdy Insurance is there for you. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Uh, Chris was mentioning to me during the break about Tom Heckert, the former personnel executive who along the way did work for the Eagles, passing away at the age of 51, cancer, getting him. 27 years in the NFL. 27 years. Actually, yeah, it's some, it, it was a cancer uh, with uh, amyloidosis. Actually, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a cancer. It was a rare disease, build, a buildup of proteins in the heart, kidney, liver. It might as well have been cancer. Awful. It sounds awful. Awful. Uh, but he was the player personnel director for the Eagles, became vice president of player personnel in 2003, working closely with Andy Reid for many years. Very, very respected among people in the NFL. And only 51. Far, far, far too young. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Uh, So deepest condolences to uh, his family. His last stop, by the way, of course, has been with the Denver Broncos. Oh, my goodness. Um Nothing new on the Urban Meyer front, except they, they say they're going to ha- try and have it wrapped up within 14 days. Uh, you know, some uh, we did we were called earlier about that, and they say, can they do that? And I said, well, yeah, they can, uh, because the scope is rather limited. I think um, under Title IX, anybody can report something. And as I pointed out, I know from the number of tests I've taken, it, you know, I'll go. Th- Hey, you're you're kind of blown away of taking all these tests. <laughs> I can kind of tell, Chris. You're like, what? Well, I, yeah. I mean, 
in not... sixteen in the last in the last sixteen months, I've had to take because finally after taking the Clery Act test every year, I've taken the Clery Act test every year. I think there was like I think I'm allowed now to do it every two or three years. So that's why I expanded it to 16 months. But in the last 16 months, I've taken a Clery Act test, a compliance test, a Title IX test, a mandatory reporter test, and sexual harassment test. Well, I mean, given the fact that, you know, the, the whole Sandusky scandal, I, I don't want to, you know, get into all that again, but I, I think Penn State would be uh, wise to make sure <laughs> that everybody yeah, but, understands but, that it's on everybody to, to report stuff because this way there's but, no ambiguity whatsoever. But I believe that every university now is falling into the same category where the, everybody has to take a Title IX test. I would imagine. Everybody's got to take a you know, Part of the Clery Act thing, believe me, if they're getting funds from the federal government. I was just about to say. If they're getting funds from the federal government, every employee has to be taking a Absolutely. Clery Act test. Any 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 entity that gets any kind of money from the government is definitely definitely going to go through these barrage of tests and make sure that everybody's trained appropriately. You would hope, anyway. I mean, that's the and, way it should be. And my point is, is that all right? I'm an employee. All right. Well, so is an assistant coach. And you remember what Courtney Smith said: "Quote all the coaches' wives knew." Well, does that mean now you have to sit down with all the assistant coaches and find out what they knew and when? Because guess what? Under Title IX, they're obligated to report. Yeah. I mean, see again, you know, don't you can't start playing the game of you know, if you understand what the rules are, then you can start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Right. Uh, as as to far, how far the scope of this investigation has to be. That's my point. Now, does it then take the assistance quote off the hook because it is now claimed that Urban Meyer is the one that reported it, he being their superior, higher up the chain, and then it is alleged that he reported it in 2015. Zach Smith says he did. Zach Smith says he told Gene Smith about it. Okay. So does that then take the assistant coaches out of the investigation? It very well might. But when someone said, you know, can they wrap this up in 14 days? Sure they can. They can talk to Urban and Shelley Meyer. And, of course, they have to talk to her. She is an employee of the university, Gene Smith. And maybe they want to talk to the Powell Police Department, and they want to talk to uh, Courtney Smith. And if they want, to, if they wish for context... Zach Smith, if they have questions for him, or else they can just watch his interview from the other night. But, yeah, you can limit it that way, and you can get it done in 14 days. I think time is irrelevant. Uh, I think that, you know, and there's, there are some people who feel, for example, uh, that uh, the longer this goes, the better it is for him. That's not necessarily true. Uh, South Florida, Jim Levitt had been the uh, head football coach. I want to say he was accused of mistreatment of players, and it lasted over a month. And because it lasted over a month, people assumed that he would be fine. Instead, what happened was it lasted over a month, and they fired him. So time, estimating time versus uh, culpability, 
Uh, you can't you can't make that assumption. Just let the results come out, and then we'll then we'll discuss it further from there. So that's where that stands. Uh, meanwhile, everybody's in practice. Uh, some people, how does how this affect the Ohio State football team? Man, you got guys fighting for playing time in this team, and they've all been insulated from the media. They haven't had to deal with any media during the course of all this, and you've got guys trying to win jobs. Plus, yeah, a program I mean, like that, they're, they're a machine, right? I mean, they're, they're like a machine yeah. at this point. Well, it's yeah, but they're also humans, right? I mean, you, if you're, you're the guy, if if you're tough Borland, who was fighting it out last year to be a, the middle linebacker, you're fighting it out this year to be the middle linebacker. If you're Dwayne Haskins, you're trying to be really good at quarterback. I mean, like if you know whether he's whether Urban's standing there or not, he's got to tr- do everything he can to be a quarterback. I mean, I don't think they're going to get all that. Distracted about it until they do have to. If something happens, then they they have to meet the media. Then it becomes a big distraction because then the circus is surrounding them. But when they're in camp, they're insulated from all this. Oh, they'll read about it. They can go to a message board and see it. They can see it on Twitter. But once they're in practice, they are insulated from what's going on. Well, and it's also something that doesn't necessarily concern them. I mean, of course, which head coach they play for would concern them. I'm going to guess that the majority of the players that go to Ohio State go there because of Urban Meyer. I mean, he's a, he's a name and he's a proven winner. But at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, but they're in camp, they're in camp right now, okay? It, okay, let's go some, with some basics here. I'm trying to win a job. I'm trying to win playing time. I'm hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Guess what? It I'm was not 95 going. out there today. So uh, yeah. Like uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, is coach going to make it cooler? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Nothing uh, changes. Like nothing's right. different. So right. until until you meet the media, then when you meet the media, it all changes. And it's not that the media is the evil here. I'm not talking about that. You're now introducing the element that then introduces the elephant in the room. Right. That he's not there because they have to. They have to ask about that. Just like, for example, Rich Garcella. First question he asked was about Manny Manny Bowen, right? And James said, "Hey, look, I know you have to ask that question. You know, now that he's back, you know, you ha- there." Uh, I always talk about in press conferences that normally I would say. 75% of the questions are questions you uh, that are either information questions or questions you have to ask. 75%. 15% are really, really good questions. I mean, really good questions. Like, make you think kind of questions. Like, oh, well, that's a pretty good question. Hmm. This will be an interesting answer. And then there are 10% that are so stupid that you just can't believe they were asked. <laughs> Which happens? That's where you're like, okay, wh- why are you asking that question? <laughs> Gotta love those. I just said, but seventy-five percent are questions that should be asked, need to be asked, have to be asked. You know, whatever. Just you know, part part of the fabric of what's going on with any game, any program. Seventy-five percent of them are falling into the category of like, look, somebody has to ask, so you ask, right? An issue question or anything like that. Fifteen percent of them are really good questions. Some depth requires some thought. 
Billy Packer once told me years ago that um, he says I always try to ask one one question that I don't think they've ever heard before, and I always thought that was good advice. Yeah. Then ten percent are just you just sit back and go. Ugh. And that wasn't very good. I mean, I do. Uh, I don't do a lot of sports interviews, but I do a, a ton of music interviews with musicians and artists. Yeah. And because uh, that's where you know my forte is, and I, I'm the same exact way. And I've never spoken to Billy Packer. I've never had that pleasure. He's a, a legend. But <laughs> um, I hoped uh, you know uh, th- that would have been great. But uh, same thing applies. Ask something unique. Find something unique. Find a different angle. Like they've answered a billion questions. Find something different to make yourself stand out and make your interview unique. Otherwise, people are just hearing the same thing over and over again. Well, you want to ask what and why questions. You want to stay away from statements. And you really if try to avoid yes or no questions. Of course. So ask what ask what and why questions. I mean, yes or no questions can be expanded. I mean, the subject can take a yes or no question and expand it beyond words. But you want to ask what and why questions. And I'll tell you the one for me the interview that uh, is the most difficult to do during the week with James is the pregame show. Not that he doesn't make it easy; he makes everything easy, believe me. But I always am trying to find one or two things because it's the last interview he does right all week. So at this point, he's done the Tuesday press conference. He's done the Big Ten teleconference. He's done the quarterback club, and he's done his talk show, right? Now, okay, I've heard everything he's been asked. Right. Is there one or two questions I can find to ask him that he has not been asked that week? Right, unless something happens. Yeah, that, I could see that being difficult. Absolutely. Uh, well, it's just I'm saying it's a challenge. Not difficult. I think I used the wrong word, difficult. It's just challenging because – I don't want it to be the same as like, well, gee, you said this Tuesday, gee, you said this Wednesday, gee, you said this Thursday. Well, challenges can be difficult. You know, you know. <laughs> don't beat so yourself I, up about it. So, no, no, no. I don't. I never <laughs> beat myself up about it. And believe me, I haven't walked away and gone, oh, the pregame show was a disaster. Why, why, why did I ask Joe that? Oh, why did I ask Bill that? Why did I ask James that? I've never walked away and said that. I'm like. And when it's done, you're like, we're done. But you're you're trying to make it so it's more interesting for the for the listener. But have you ever walked away and been like, "Ah, oh, man, why didn't I ask that?" No, you've never walked away without what you like. You you empty everything. You leave it all on the field. You've never walked away and been like, "I should have asked that question." That's a question that I missed. I should have asked that. No. Hmm. No, not with anything I've done. Wow, Steve Jones leaves it all no. on the field. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, there's certain. No, I, I never have. I've never walked away saying, ah, kicking myself, I should have asked that question. Hmm. Have you ever, um, okay, have you ever asked a question that you were like, wow, that was a bad question. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked that. Uh, I've asked questions where uh, I felt I phrased it wrong. Where I sat, I've sat back like, why'd you ask it like that? That was stupid. Hmm. I've had that. I've had that where I felt like I, I knew what I wanted to do, and I, I asked it wrong. Okay. I remember. One, I remember one time at a post game show with Joe, I asked a question, and he goes, he looked at me, he said, "What do you mean by that?" 
And and I and I rephrased. I said, Joe, I meant to say blah blah blah. And gotcha. he goes, Oh, oh, okay, Steve. I know, I know where you're going now. Okay, right. You know, and you know, and he, he allowed me to rephrase, uh, which then allowed me to actually ask the question the right way instead of throwing like three or four words and that probably were from a different language. Uh, you know, uh, I remember that happening. It hasn't happened with yet. You know. Look, are all the questions great questions? No. All right, well, last last one for me then. Have you ever asked the question that you felt that you stepped in it by asking, that you went, like you were a little bit taken aback by the response because, I don't know, either not like that you asked an offensive question, but something that was really high-pressure situation. Like what's your favorite moment of that high-pressure where you asked a question where you were unsure and you were a little worried about what the answer was going to be? No. Really? Is, uh, is that you just playing it safe, or you just know the room so well, or you know the people you're interviewing so well? Well, you gotta let, let's take let's take the Penn State coaches for a moment, okay? Um, I'm around them every day, right? So actually, the one of the keys is to make sure I ask questions that maybe they haven't been asked all week, but. I also know where with them, for the most part, not always, but for the most part, where not to steer into and where to steer to. Right? You know, and, and you'll hear sometimes like Joe would say, or Bill would say, or James would say, "Well, Steve, you know, you're there every day, and da 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 da." You know, and yeah, but the person listening's not there every day. And you've heard them say that too. Well, yeah, well, you know, da 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 da. You know, so a lot of times I'm asking questions where I already know the answer. Right. And so, I mean, so most of the time when I ask questions, I already know the answer to the question. Hmm. Interesting. Little, I, also, little... I, I also try to keep questions short. Uh, I try to keep them very short where I just want to ask the question and then get to the answer because there isn't a single person that to me is listening to hear the question I ask. They're actually listening to hear what the answer is. Absolutely. So you're just a conduit that's asking questions. Just like I tell everybody when I when I MC a banquet. Now I'm in York tomorrow night, so it's a little bit different. This time I'm the speaker. I'm not the MC. Uh, but when I MC a banquet, I'm very quick. Bang, 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 bang. Because there isn't a single person that paid a penny to watch me MC. Yep. Exactly. It's like I say in the music thing all the time. I support the scene. I don't want to be the scene. Like, that's what it is. When I'm doing a music thing, that's it. I want to support the scene. I don't want to be the scene. I'm in and out. That's it. Yeah. Uh, One of my favorite guys, A.Q. Shipley, Remington Award winner at Penn State, tore his ACL in practice Saturday for the Arizona Cardinals. He's out for the year. Mm. We will come back, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. T. Moyer Furniture Store in Sunbury. You might wonder why we have sold Schiffman mattresses for over 83 years. Schiffman has been providing generations of our customers with a great night of sleep. A key component of the Schiffman difference is the company's use of natural materials, cotton. Schiffman's primary upholstery material has the unique quality of breathability, keeping you feeling warm in the winter and cool in the summer. More than 50 craftspeople handmake each premium mattress using a proprietary hand-tufting technique that locks each layer into place, preventing shifting. The best part of it is that every mattress is two-sided for longer-lasting comfort. 
Right now, save 35 to 50% off factory-suggested retail and even greater discounts on discontinued models. Sleeping great is more reasonable than you might expect, with prices starting at just $159 twin each piece. So please visit the Benjamin T. Moyer Furniture Store, 35 South 4th Street in Sunbury, during our August storewide sale or on the web at moyersfurniture.com. This traffic is awful. Tired of traveling to distant locations to get your FBI fingerprinting done? Hi, this is Susan from the Educators here in Seals Grove. Put traveling for FBI printing in the past as we are becoming a new location option for your convenience. The Educators, Inc. at 12 Commerce Avenue, Seals Grove will become an option for locations able to do your FBI fingerprinting. Finally, a location to get FBI prints done right here in Seals Grove. For more information, call the Educators at 570-898-7779. Choose your new local location, Educators, Inc., right here in Seals Grove. At T. Ross Brothers Construction, they're proud to be a member of the communities in which they live and build. They've been serving our valley for over 50 years, and their reputation earned them the honor of building many of the area's residences, businesses, and community and religious facilities. Whether you want to build, expand, or remodel, T. Ross Brothers Construction is committed to providing you with the very best in design, quality, and value. Visit them at trossbrothers.com, and you'll learn why they say, We're building for the future. The hot summer weather is upon us, so take the time to cool off on our air-conditioned stores. Hi, this is Justin Michaels with Surplus Outlet, and we're working hard to save you money on groceries and much more. We know during this summer that you and your family are spending money on vacations and camps for the kids, and you need to stretch that grocery dollar even further. At Surplus Outlet, we stretch your dollars further every day. Who wants to turn on the oven when the temperature and humidity are already rising outside? Stop in Surplus Outlet and get our fresh cold cuts from our deli department, and be sure to grab some salads from our cooler. The produce department is full of healthy choices at unbelievable low prices. Surplus Outlet has a great selection of items for on the grill and the condiments that go with them. Don't forget the paper products for the picnic and family gatherings. Surplus Outlet is a locally owned company who feels it's our responsibility to take care of our neighbors and make our region a better place to live, work, and play. If you'd like to save money on your everyday grocery needs, stop in Surplus Outlet often as great deals are arriving daily. Surplus Outlet, Route 11 Northumberland, Route 11 Berwick, and Route 15 Montgomery. Sign up for Facebook and email alerts for additional special savings. Don't wait to start saving. Do it Today. The Philadelphia Phillies play right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. 1 2 is hit in the air, deep right center field. This one's got a chance. Back is Jones, and it is gone into the Phillies bullpen. Number 10 for Nick Williams. Phillies baseball on WKOK is sponsored by APW, Matter Care Sunbury, Carbon Man, Gracie's Flowers and Gifts, and Chevrolet Cadillac of Bloomsburg. Your home for Phillies baseball is News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, we have a lot going in tomorrow's show. Matt Leon's going to update us on Eagles Camp tomorrow. And we'll talk about the Phillies with Matt as well. Phil Steele, one of the more knowledgeable people that cover college football. We'll have Phil Steele on the show tomorrow. Dave Meeks from USA Today, who's in charge of the uh, USA Today coaches poll, is going to join us on the show tomorrow. And and Ben Jones from statecollege.com on Media Day. So we have a lot going on tomorrow. Ben Jones, StayCollege.com on Media Day. Dave Meeks, USA Today on the college football poll, the coaches poll. Matt Leon on the Eagles and also on the Phillies coming up tomorrow. And Phil Steele on college football. It's all on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to it very much.
It'll be a lot of fun. That'll be a fun show to do tomorrow. And the Phillies play tonight. 9.05 is the airtime. 941st pitch against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Big, big series this week. Another first-place team. Two really good teams uh, head-to-head at Chase Field coming up this evening. All right, a lot of fun today, Chris. Right back at you, Steve. Always a good time. We found, we found out that if WKOK gave you shoes, you'd sell them? I would totally <laughs> sell them, absolutely. The Mark Lawrence specials, I would sell them. I can't imagine there's a buyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure somebody out there will be like, Mark Lawrence specials, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, so Matt Leon, Phil Steele, Dave Meeks, USA Today, Ben Jones, SteakHollis.com, all on tomorrow's show. Looking forward to it. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury, go to PurdyInsurance.com. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hobbles Wharf.